God loves you and wants a relationship with you. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Scripture says, forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead. Understanding God's love will help you move today forward. And now here's Mitch and Terry. How do you tell somebody that God loves them unconditionally? Beyond a shadow of a doubt. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, who you associate with, how far off the deep end you go, how do you tell somebody that God still loves them and get them to believe that? We believe, you and I believe, that the Word of God is inspired. Yes, totally and completely inspired by God. Somebody who hasn't experienced the love that you and I have experienced from God We began to walk in a total dependence on God because we believe that he loves us unconditionally. He did it all for us. So for someone who hasn't ever had a definition of love placed in their heart, a true example of a loving father, of a loving mother, say, because I've had people say, well, my father was a jerk and he said he loved me. We have to go back in time to when... Jesus was on this earth because he said he was the truth. The truth, yes. And history tells us many facts about the life of Jesus, that he did walk the earth. As far as a man, there's nobody else that has influenced the world more than Jesus did. And the reason being is because of the true teaching. There was power and authority behind his teachings. Absolutely. That's how you know it's truth. Jesus was here to proclaim truth and to teach us. That's why we have the Word of God, is to reveal to us how much God loves us and all that God is trying to provide and what He's trying to reveal to us through His Word. And what we have to understand is from right now, This very moment, we have to get in our minds that I'm going to stand on God's Word. I'm not going to deviate to the left or the right. I'm going to believe this, that God loves me unconditional. And that's the truth. The lie is, and it's through what you said earlier, it's our upbringing. Because most of our relationships with individuals are conditional. Sure. They're all conditional. All of them are. (laughs) If I treat you nice, Terry. I'll be nice to you. Yes. I should be. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But if I treat you with hostility, anger. It's going to be awfully hard for me to love you. Yes. And you won't because that's the way we're programmed. That's that fallen nature about us. Sure. And so we relate to people. And so what we're trying to do is to relate to God. Let me put it this way. That's why it's so hard to understand God's unconditional love for us because we have this mindset that there's conditions behind that relationship with him. Okay. That love. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes good sense. And that's how we're seeing God for the most part is in that condition. There's conditions behind him loving me. Before he'll release his love to me, I have to perform. I have to do something to make him happy to accept me. But the Word of God doesn't say that, does it? 
There's, it's unconditional. There's no conditions on him loving you. He loved me. If we can get this in our minds, he loves each and every individual. The person who's sitting at the bar right now drinking beer. Sitting at the bar, God loves him. The person who's committing adultery right now, God loves him. The person that's saying something ungodly to somebody else right now, God loves them unconditionally. We see that unconditional love by him sending his son Jesus to pay the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And all we have to do is get in our minds that this is a free gift from God and just accept that and receive that. That God loves me and has provided this sacrifice for me, this salvation experience for me. What we call, what Jesus called the born-again experience. And, you know, and that's revealed to us by His Spirit. By someone bringing the Word of God to you and saying, God loves you. I don't care what you've done or where you've been or who you've associated with. He loves you. Yes. And once that Spirit of God releases that seed, I don't know how else to say it. That. It is a seed because it's referred to as being a seed, born okay. again of the seed. So once that seed is planted in your heart and it comes alive, you now begin to seek the truth, which is God himself. That's... Pretty cool. You mentioned seed. Seek, yeah. You mentioned the seed, and I'm just going to make a reference here just to support what we're saying here. And it's in 1 John chapter 3, the ninth verse. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. Now, right there, that messed people up. Yeah. It did. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Let's talk about that for a minute, Terry. What's really being said there? We have this fallen spirit that was within us, our fallen nature, because we're spirit, soul, and body. What was born again within each individual is our spirit. And that spirit is born again by the truth by the true word of God that penetrated our spirit and brought life back to us again. That's what Jesus did for us. However, the problem we have now is our thinking still has been programmed by our fallen nature. We don't understand God's love. We don't understand God's love yet. When, you're, when you first become born again, you have a glimpse of it because you feel set free. But other than that, you don't understand the relationship you now can have by what he's provided for you through that spirit of God. The nature of God is dwelling in us as born again believers. So now we're beginning to gain knowledge of the nature of God that lives in us. We have that capacity, don't we? Yes. We have that ability, but we have to be seeking that in order for it to activate. We're seeking the truth now. We're seeking truth, and what we're trying to do now is combat the lies that we have in our mind now. 
But in our spirit realm, in our spirit, we're perfect. We have the love of God in our heart. We have those fruits of the spirit we talk about all the time in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. That love, that joy is now within us, but our mind has not comprehended that yet. We don't have that full knowledge yet of God. We don't have that knowledge yet of who God is, that love. So now we're still, when you think about it, we're still trying to relate to God in a conditional way because we haven't been programmed yet. This is where faith comes in then. Believing the truth versus the lie. Believing that Jesus came to this earth as a man for us so that we could have relationship with the Father God. We were separated from God by sin, but the Lord God himself, all he ever wanted to do was have relationship with man. That's the whole story. That's the whole biblical story. That's why we have the Word of God. It's because God's trying to reveal that truth to us so we can have that relationship with us, restore that relationship. And it was a process from the very beginning, the book of Genesis, all the way through to the New Testament, the new covenant we now have. It was a process coming forward so God could restore that relationship. And notice the terms that I use, that God restored the relationship with us. There was no conditions on that for him to come and restore that relationship. It was unconditional. That's why it's called unconditional love, because he's providing all this avenue for us to have a relationship with him. Because we talk about John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, where God is a spirit, and he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. And that truth is only going to come about by his word, by God providing that truth. Man can't provide that truth, can he? No way. And Jesus talks about this in John 3. He's telling us, he's teaching us is what he's doing. He was teaching Nicodemus. He was teaching Nicodemus truth that we have to be born again now. And you're not going to understand this truth. No, not when I've been brainwashed all my life to to do good works, and that, that'll get me to heaven. And that's true. Their mindset was on the old covenant, the old way, the old law. Sacrifices. And that's how they felt they were having, in which they were. Let's think about this, Terry. That's how they were having their relationship with God, was through that old covenant of sacrifice. And their mediator was the priest that would go in the Holy of Holies once a year to offer that sacrifice to God. And that's how they were trained and taught. But, you know, God was teaching them the whole time because Moses told them to teach the people about him, his precepts, his laws. And the very first law, what's the very first one? Love. Love God. We are to love God. We are to love God and understand who he is. And see, that was a progression, this teaching. And the teaching was by law to give them a conscious awareness of who God is through that law. And so Nicodemus was in that mindset of that law, and he has this mindset, has this idea of who God is, doesn't he, because of what he's been taught. Exactly. And now Jesus is coming forth and teaching this new message. You must be born again. Right. Everything you've just said is born out in these scriptures in John 3. Whatever the Lord tells you to. 
you explained it. I just want to read the scripture now. And let's just start in chapter 3, verse 1 of John. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you think right there that statement that Jesus made rocked his world, didn't it? Absolutely. Because he's been taught this one truth, and now he hears this, and he's, it's rocking him. Yeah. Is this a lie, or is this truth? He does have the truth, though, saying, you are the son of God. Right. Because of these miracles you're performing. Yeah, Nicodemus said, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You alluded to that just a little bit ago. And Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound, but cannot tell where it cometh and where it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So Nicodemus is starting to dwell upon this, don't you think? Wouldn't you? Next verse. Next verse. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus is telling him the truth, and he's got symbolism, and sacrifices, now he's being told a substance. And you know, Terry, that's the very same thing we face today. Mm. We're trying to distinguish between truth and lies. Keep reading there in verse 9. He's trying to teach him the truth of who God is. Verse 10. Yes, excuse me, yes, verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel? And knowest not these things? That's a question. Yes. Mine says teacher of Israel. Mm. Yes. That's good. A teacher of Israel. Jesus goes on again. Truly, truly, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. He's talking about his heavenly Father presenting you the truth. Yes about who I am and what you need to do to begin to understand this truth. You've got to be born again so that the Spirit of God comes alive in you. First step. Keep reading, Terry, because we're going to get to the real heart of this in verse 16. <clears throat> Should I jump down there? If you like, that, because we've, we've covered this. And, yes. and let's just focus just for a minute on this, Terry, and think about this. I bet there's a jillion things going on in Nicodemus's mind. Because the Spirit of God is touching his spirit. Just like today, it works the same way. When the Spirit of God touches your spirit, there's a jillion things going on in your mind when you hear truth, isn't it? Because you start having that conflict in your mind of truth versus lie. And what am I going to believe, the truth, or am I going to believe a lie? And Jesus really expounds upon this. We're going to run right into verse 16 here, and he tells him the truth. Anybody listening to this teaching will be able to grasp, or maybe not be able to grasp. That's not the word I want to use. But yeah, I think they will, Terry, because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. What I'm saying is the Holy Spirit is wanting to quicken 
this word to them. Just bring it to life. Isn't yes. He? He's it's wanting to bring that to life. Just like he was doing for Nicodemus. Yes. He was stirring him up. How can these things be? Anyway, here's the truth that he presented. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe in God? Yes. Yeah. There's three things that God is right now, Terry. God is truth. God is love. And God is life. That's what Jesus is trying to convey here. God is truth. God is love. And God is life. Continue on. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For that, God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's just what we talked about earlier, isn't it? God loves each and every individual here on earth from the beginning of time. God has loved every individual here on earth. And it took 4,000 years for God to bring this forward to that born-again experience where the Spirit of God would be released into individuals that would bring life. That's what that whole process was for under the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, was to bring Jesus forth, His Word, His truth, to where it would now be put into hearts and our minds of who God is that he wanted to establish that loving relationship with us through his spirit. And that's what he was telling Nicodemus. That's what he's telling us today. And that's why I say it's unconditional love, because God is bringing all this forward to us. We have nothing to do with this. We have nothing to do with this other than to receive that free gift and believe the truth that it is a free gift from God. And I can't do anything. There's no conditions on it for that relationship. Let's go back to the garden for just a minute. God created man to have relationship with him. Period. That was it. That was the reason. And because of man's rejection of God, he sinned. Man sinned. Took his eyes off of God. Took his eyes off of God. Believed a lie. Believed a lie of the devil. Yes. There was this separation, and now Jesus has come And restored that. By bringing the truth back to our minds again. There you go. Satan is continuing to try to deceive us with distractions, lies. Condemnation, false teaching, telling you you're unworthy, telling you have to do something which places you under law. And so then you just give up. You can, yes. You can just give up and you go by the way of the world. And some of it looks good. You know, maybe maybe you're an upstanding citizen who who has made a lot of money and gives a lot away, but you're empty inside because you don't have that unconditional love of God flowing out of you. You don't have those three things, do you, Terry? You don't have the truth. You don't have that love, and you don't have that life within you. When you're truly born again, you have that life within you that changes you, that will change you. You feel different inside because it's that spirit within us that feels different and thinks different. It's the nature of God in us now. It is. It is the true nature of God that's within us. And that is love that is unconditional towards man, towards every individual here on earth. But like you said earlier, Satan's always lying to us. 
telling, no, you have to do your part. There has to be conditions here. Now, God just wouldn't love you unconditionally. That doesn't make sense, does it? And so you're thinking of that in your mind. Well, no, because my dad didn't love me unless I went out and milked the cows. Yeah, <laughs> took out the trash. Yeah. yeah, because if I didn't, he got angry with me. And if I really rebelled, he might discipline me. And so we're always thinking in this mindset of there's a condition with our relationship because we've been disciplined from day one by our parents who do love us. But we look at that love unconsciously as a condition of me being good. My parents will love me, but is this God has no conditions on his love toward us. Whether I take the trash out for God or not, or whether I listen to exactly. God. He now, still loves me. And see, that's the, that's the truth. Yes, that's the truth. The thing we do is to seek the truth. That's what we do. We seek the truth through Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we want to have that abundant life, we have to know that it comes from God. And we have to believe it. We have to have faith in it. You act on it, too. Yes, you have to act. There's action. You rest in it. But when you first come to God, though, do you feel there's conditions with that relationship with him? And it's a growing process to realize, no, God loves me and there are no conditions. Because before we were programmed, and what's hard to get in our minds is there's no condition. Right. There's, it's unconditional love, period. When I came to know the Lord, I was totally set free. I had a, a revelation that God loved me. And I was going to go to heaven because he loved me. I had eternal life now. But prior to that, Terry. I was brought up in legalism and bondage and you had to do this. It was all conditional upon your performance. But there was no love there, was there? Because it was based upon conditions. It was a conditional love. And like you said earlier, you were set free when you realize God's unconditional love for you by hearing the word of God. And then as time went on, I got back into conditional love. Because I thought I had to read the Bible. I thought I had to tithe. I thought I had to do all these things. And tried to live by the Ten Commandments. Yes. The commandments of God. But... The total freedom in salvation is that total dependence on the truth of God that says, I've done it all. Jesus says, I have completely restored you to eternal life with my heavenly Father. And what we did was just to trust in that. And we have to continue to do that so that we can be continually renewed in our mind to the love of God. As we read the word, we're renewing our minds. What that renewing of the mind is, is always goes back to the love of God, knowing that it's an unconditional love. There's nothing you can do to make God love you any more or any less. When you begin to understand the unconditional love God has for you, you are set free. Your conscience is set free. That's what's set free within you when you understand that love of God. That's all the, the Lord is trying to do is set you free. 
And he's setting you free by telling you the truth that it's God's unconditional love for you, that all you have to do is believe in me and trust in me, and you can be set free because you're resting in that unconditional love, realizing that I'm going to go throughout the day and make mistakes. When I finally got in my mind that I was going to mess up, that I wasn't going to walk perfect, even if I tried to live by the Ten Commandments, I'd fail because I'm going to covet something or lust at something or not have love in my heart towards God like I should. When I realized that I was going to mess up, that's what set me free, was realizing it's unconditional love, and God loves me even when I mess up throughout the day. It's not based on any of your performance. None. Good or bad. None. Zero. Because it's all been taken care of. The moment I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, I'm born again. goes against everything that's in your human nature. It does. And it's unconditional. Yeah. And when you rest in that, realizing God has provided that for us, and there's no law that I can fulfill. The only law that we can fulfill is Romans chapter 13. It's verses 8 and 10. I want to turn to that because this is the fulfillment of the law. This is what Jesus did for us. Chapter 13, verses 8 and 10. Owe no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. When I grow in God's love, I begin to fulfill what God has intended for man. And that's love. And the only one that perfected that was Jesus Christ. He fulfilled the whole law. Verse 10. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. So trying to live by Ten Commandments, trying to live by a set of rules, I don't measure up. And when I understood that I would never measure up and make myself acceptable to God, that's when I was set free and I totally had faith and confidence in God's unconditional love and that unconditional salvation experience, that free gift from God. (laughs) 